If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as always, completely delighted to be back with you once again. As you listen to this, I will probably be in the Bahamas. I've got to head down to Nassau and then on to Exuma to go and meet up with Mike and Andrea and spend a little bit of a week on the turquoise waters. And then I'm bringing my grandchildren home with me. And having them for a couple of weeks, which will be absolutely wonderful. Haven't seen them for six months. And now that we are pretty much all set up for the summer, we've acquired probably 20 plus new properties, but they're all listed now. And things are sort of quietening down a little bit as we head into our busy summer season. So it's a perfect time for, for me to just step back a little bit, leave my wonderful staff to manage everything that's going on in the run-up to the summer and, and take a little bit of time out with the, with the girls. It's going to be so much fun. One of the things we've been really working hard at recently is uploading all our old PDF pre-arrival guides, which is the information that we used to send to guests prior to their stay. You know, this has been a long time in coming, but we're now uploading all of those to Touch Stay and really interested to see how these digital guides are going to work with our guests. Sort of getting a little bit um, addictive as we add all the attractions and restaurants and places to see and things to do into the guide. And one of the byproducts of all this is that all of us, all of our staff who are working on this project have actually got to know our area a lot better because we've been out there researching all these things that go on in the area. So it's been a really, really great exercise, but it's still ongoing. And that's that's just something that's going to tick along in the background. Hopefully we'll be done by the time the season starts so we can get all these guides out to our guests and they're going to have a lot of fun with those, I'm quite sure. Then I know the summer is going to go super fast. And before we know it, and I hate to say this, but it, it, it's really true. You know, we, we live Saturday to Saturday through the summer as we have probably 150 to 160 families going into properties every single Saturday. So it's all this, this great build up to make sure everything is going to be perfect for check-in. And then on the Saturday, we're, we're checking, out, checking up on the checkouts and then for the rest of the week, it's a build up to another Saturdays. We deal with post rental issues and follow ups. So what mean what it means is is that the summer just whizzes by really really fast. And before we know it, we'll be into Labor Day and September. Uh, and since we haven't had any sun yet this year or any significantly good temperatures, I just hope we're going to get something through the summer and into September. And then I'll be looking forward to going to the Vacation Rental World Summit in Como, Italy in October. And I'm so excited about that for a couple of reasons. One is that I love that area. I went there. I think I've mentioned this before. I used to go there on vacation. 
every year when I was a kid. And then when I was married with my own children, I was taking my kids there. And we used to spend time on a tiny little lake about 10 miles from Como and just spend two idyllic weeks by this lake and exploring the area. And it is just so, so beautiful. You know, Como is not just about George Clooney. It's about spectacular views and stunning vistas and beautiful lakes. It is, yeah, just, you've got to go there. That's why I have as my guest today, Antonio Bortolotti, who is the founder of the Vacation Rental World Summit. I've known Antonio for many years and I'm really delighted to welcome him onto the show. And before I forget, we're going to be talking about the Vacation Rental World Summit, why you should be there, why you should be taking a vacation at the beginning of October to go to Como and hear some of the great speakers and do some networking and enjoy the area. If you decide you want to go after listening to this session, I'd love you to go over to the show notes on vacationrentalformula.com and there will be a special discount for you to attend the summit. And so this is just a discount for anybody who listens to this podcast and then decides they would like to go. But you will have to go over to the show notes at vacationrentalformula.com and check out that discount. So without further ado, let's move on over to the interview with Antonio Bortolotti, who is a property owner. He has properties in Sardinia and in Italy, in mainland Italy as well. And he's going to tell us all about those as well as tell us about the summit. And I'm super excited about this conversation and also very excited to meet up with Antonio in person in October. So here we go. So I'm so pleased to have with me today Antonio Bortolotti, the founder of the Vacation Rental World Summit, uh, property owner, website designer, is there anything you don't do, Antonio? And thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you, Heather. It's been a while since the last time. I've been on your show for a number of times. I remember you said, like, when we had this interview the last time, that I was maybe one of those that was on your show the most. Before. Uh, yeah, between you and Alan Egan, I think it's a bit of a fight. Oh, and, and maybe Matt, Matt Landau. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, we, we all go back a lot of years. Yeah. Don't True. we? I mean, going, well, I was For this industry, yes. It's, yes. It's yeah. And it's interesting, you know, as I see people up and coming talking about being expert in the industry and mostly in the Airbnb field, they've been doing it for maybe six months, maybe a year. And it always makes me feel comforted that I can go back and I can talk to people like you and Alan and Matt and Simon Lehman, those people who have, who have been operating in this industry for enough years, I think, to make them experts. Yeah, and I can go back to, you know, my parents and the friends of my parents who've gone back decades with timeshare. Yes. So, so when I, well, sometimes I, 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 I usually laugh when I hear about like experts. Who, I mean, we call ourselves experts or someone calls us. I don't call myself an expert, but people like to label you like that. And I feel this industry as vacation rentals is so young. You're talking about like 10, 15 years 
which is nothing in my opinion. So uh, you're right. You're saying sometimes you hear someone that's been on the show for six months or on the market for six months. And it's just funny. It's just interesting to me. When I look at experts, uh, I tend to think of people who maybe studied the topic, the subject for years, know everything about it, or maybe people with long beards, the sage. (laughs) Man, you know, like old people that just because they're old, they must have been on this world for a while longer than myself. And therefore, they must have more wisdom to share. Yeah, it it just strikes me that uh, things have changed so much over the past five years, maybe four years. And those who don't have the experience of what went before are concentrating on something very different. So whether that's, I don't know, whether that's something we should be concerned about or not, I don't know. But later on the conversation, we're going to talk a little bit more about where we're going in this industry. I want to hear your take on what's sort of happening in your neck of the woods. But to start with, Antonio, can we just recap for those who maybe haven't heard the earlier broadcasts and interviews with you? Tell us a bit about your experience in the industry and your properties, properties now. Okay, I'll just try to be very, very short (laughs) then because I know that time's tight. I started now nearly 15 years ago and with just rubbles. With my wife, we went to Sardinia. We found uh, these ruins in the middle of uh, like a very laid back village. And we had of uh, how we wanted our life to be 10, 15 years from that moment. And we started with like the first property with no money whatsoever, no experience in buying or renovating a property before. Nothing, really nothing. So I learned everything from scratch, from web designing, and I'm not a web designer by, you know, my education, no IT knowledge. I just started with what way we're called at the time, we see week, what you see is what you get. Certain website or platform that you just use, you you just moved a few blocks or things and started doing your own website. This was early 2000s. And that's how I started there. But that was mainly because I was unhappy with the life that I was living, like many, many of us or many people. So you sort of like look for an alternative way out. And that's how I found it in Vacation Rental. When we started in the beginning, I said to my wife, if we can pay for like 70% of the yearly mortgage fee that we have, I'm going to be happy. And my wife said, don't worry, you'll do better than that. Also on year one, we we made 20% profit, which made me think, okay, there's some ground here for doing something better. And so we just tried this experiment again on year two, acquired a second property. It went exactly the same way on year three, we completed the whole project by buying the what remained of these rubbles and have the whole multi-unit property to ourselves so that we could do whatever we wanted. And that was that laid the foundations to what then happened afterwards because I saw that I first and foremost I was trying to help everyone out. Uh, my colleagues, starting with my colleagues, I used to work for the Italian airline Alitalia. And I was unhappy with, and everything was a mess. Uh, you know, everyone's complaining all the time. So I was telling my colleagues, okay, if you don't like it, do something to change your life. Just don't complain all the time and keep being there. Or at least, you know, I, I don't want to be there. So um, I saw that I was 
helping out other people who were not in the airline industry, not my colleagues. And I, I saw that I was making an impact. I was helping them out solving certain situations. So as a, a couple of years later, things go by and my colleagues just start telling me, yeah, 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 it's easy for you to speak because, you know, you've got the properties in Sardinia, you're rich, you're here, you're there. And I said, like, wait a minute, first and foremost, I'm not rich. Secondly, I didn't find the properties under a rock. I made everything myself starting, you know, with elbow grease when, as we were flying to Tokyo or New York or wherever, rather than going out to dinner after a 12 hour flight uh, with all the crew, I would just stay in the room learning uh, how to do a website, learning, studying marketing uh, and learning which listing sites work or at the time we're talking about nearly 15 years ago. So it was Airbnb was not there and uh, you know, booking.com was just for hotels. So we're, we're talking about an year ago. And so then in the end, I decided I was just going to go my way. And so I took the plunge, resigned from Alitalia. Meanwhile, built uh, a network of other friends in the VR industry with whom then, including you, I put together the first edition of the Vacation Rental World Summit, as you remember. It's already now six years ago. And we did it online, and, and then the rest is history. So very happy today to, to be the, where I am, a little tired in some ways, because like you were saying at the beginning of our call, everything's going so fast, fast. Yeah. way faster than anyone could ever imagine, that it's really hard to keep up with everything, and sometimes it's a little tiring. I was just telling my wife this morning, as, we were dri- as I was driving her to work, saying, oh gosh, I wish, why, why don't things stay the same like 12 years ago when it was so easy? Now you have to rush here and there all the time to get, if not the same bookings, even less bookings than before. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems, you know, and, and there's always something new out yeah. there. It's, it's like that game of whack-a-mole, things keep popping up. And when you think you can stamp them down by, by getting to know what they're all about and then something else happens and you've got to learn something new. So I don't know what may, maybe I'm thinking it's a sort of old dogs, new old dog, new tricks type of thing. And I'm not as flexible, uh, you know, about learning new stuff as I was, but the pace of change is quite monumental. Before we go on to that, Antonio, tell me about your newest property. Yeah, we got a new property. I live on Lake Maggiore in Northern Italy. And um, my properties are in Sardinia. So for who's, who doesn't know, it's some 800 miles away on an island. So I've been managing those properties remotely for 13 years, 12, 13 years with just a laptop and everything that I set up. But right after last summit in Como last year, my neighbor, Riley, uh, I live like in a, in a beautiful set of like four villas overlooking the lake. So it's just like these four villas with beautiful garden, the best view ever over the lake and the Swiss Alps and just green nature. It's just fantastic. Sort of like yours, Heather. I remember the pictures from your lake and your your home. And, and anyway, uh, this guy suddenly decides to leave because the kids are gone. Uh, he's alone. He's just moving somewhere else. And so I said to my wife, okay, we may have a problem here. Because we've been in peace with for like 12 years. If we don't know who's coming next door, our heaven may be ruined. So we have an opportunity here. So either we try to buy this house or if the owners don't, don't want to sell, we rent it 
and sub-rent it long-term. Mm-hmm. You know, we rent it long-term and sub-rent it. I use it as a vacation rental. So it, in the end, the second option worked. And, and I started after, basically after the, the summit, I went radio silence with everyone for like two months because I started doing everything once again from all over again. So painting, uh, from painting to the flooring to furnishing to building furniture to everything. First, because I like it. It, it makes me feel useful or, you know, it's it sort of a challenge that puts my creativity at work and see what I can do. And it's fun. And it's sort of like a, not a mantra, but it's a meditation. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, when you spend days in silence, building things, crafting things, your mind is free to get rid of all the stress and pressure. And I read somewhere that that's when you're at most, the most creative in those moments of silence or when you're really crafting things with your hands or doing things manually. So we built up this new property and there I said, okay, how do I do with a new property now 12 years later? Well, from based on the experience that I developed over time and the situation as it is today, needless to say that you need to use the OTAs first and foremost, because that's the fastest access to the market. But at the same time, you must not rely on them solely, even though at the, you know, in the beginning, they will do the whole marketing for you. They'll put you outside there in the world. So, of course, great shooting. I called in a friend of mine to do a shooting of the video, uh, a shooting of the house. I did 3D virtual tour of the entire house. And obviously, I started building my own website the way I like. Then I got a booking engine that works well. That's a, definitely a, a must-have for if you want direct bookings. Can, can you tell and, us what that one is, uh, Antonio? Well, actually, yes. It's an Italian software called Cross Booking. It's very in right now in Italy. It's like the go-to solution in Italy at the moment as a PMS and and booking engine, it really does lots of things. And so I decided, well, I stayed on the fence for a while because that's the way I am. When I hear something good or something, I I always like to have someone else try it first and then gather feedback and see if the feedback is the same. Then I try to test it out and see if it's the same as well. Then I normally reach out to the people and ask if they want some support or help, try to give them some feedback and see if they are receptive of the feedback or not, and then make my decision. So that's the decision I made in the end. Got my website, got the booking engine, got the pictures, got everything. And meanwhile, had put the site on booking.com, Airbnb, and HomeAway. And the bookings started coming in nearly instantly, which was also kind of surprising to me because I didn't really do the research before to see if where I live is a great I mean, mm-hmm. place uh, to vacation or not. I knew it is, but I wasn't really sure. I mean, who would come here? There's nothing to do. So, you know, it's you're kind of like, you're, there's nothing to do. So, but I was wrong and, uh, and I started getting these, these bookings. So luckily in like a month or two, I just got back the, the whole money for the whole year rent. So, so I, once again, I said, okay, this is good because now we will start paying for the work that I've put into the mm-hmm. refurnishing 
the the house and in our in our views if things go well in uh, well next year we'll start paying also for the house we live in next door and that possibly will end up being a situation where we took care of the house next door to us secured the privacy the beautiful atmosphere that we have mm -hmm. we are in control we can use that house like four months or five months a year as a vacation rental, and the rest of the year is just sitting there for ourselves, for our friends, for whoever. And the other cool thing is that I can experiment mm -hmm. with a few of the things I have in mind in terms of guest relations, guest experience, challenges, what the, the you're talking about new things popping up here and there. So technology is mm. one of those. And, uh, you know, managing a property 800 miles away is not the same thing as having one next door. So that allows me now to do a few new things that I am already doing, which I'm loving, and see the results. So what are they? Give, give us an example of what those things that you're new things you're doing now. Well, first and foremost, self-check-in. This, yes. this might look counterintuitive, and I am the first person that was quite against self-check-in, especially here in Italy, was a pretty big thing uh, last year because of a friend of mine that started up a company in which I ended up investing two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. so to give an idea of how much I changed my mind and how I believe in what in technology and what's going to happen, that I just decided to, I don't know how it is, you know, over the pond or in the US or for your listeners, but there's this part of people with whom I'm very close to and I agree, at least until a while ago, that says, no, 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 no. The way I do the check-in, nobody else can do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I am the difference that makes my business thriving and successful, so I can delegate that thing. The moment the guest comes into the house, I need to do the proper check-in because they see my nice face, I'm smiling, I'm happy, whatever. And this guy, his argument was, wait, 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 let's distinguish between the check-in moment itself and the welcome moment, which you can do at two different times. So I started thinking about this definition, this distinction, and I thought that this guy was really right. Because even by stats, sometimes you see that guests arrive in your ap uh, apartment after like a 12-hour flight or whatever, and the last thing they want is seeing you talking to them for like 10 or 15 minutes. They want to go to the bathroom. They want to take a nap. They want to take a shower. Then later, they might want to be uh, willing to exchange a conversation with you or maybe ask you questions. So I started thinking about that thing too. And I said, well, let's try something different. Also, because there's, um, there's something I learned over time and I try to listen to my inner voice when that happens. It's a little story. Uh, in 2008... I was there in Sardinia in my property on holiday with the other guests in the other two properties. And uh, on my laptop, I read this article about three guys in San Francisco that just opened up their apartment to other people on an air bed and breakfast. That was called air bed and breakfast at the time. And I was reading, you know, what they did. They say like, oh, so they're opening this marketplace where you can rent a couch in your house and, you know, you can open up a room. And that, the first thought I had was, what in the United States with all the safety concerns, 
yeah, right, whatever. I'll just wait to see the first uh, news on the CNN of someone that was raped or killed or whatever because they just rented the couch to a stranger in the United States of America. And these guys won't go anywhere. That was Airbnb. So I was so wrong, like I have been before in life a few times, that I started listening to that, wait a minute, when I have this instinct of saying, yeah, right, whatever, that's when I need to stop. And maybe look at it differently. And that's the same thing with the self-check-in and uh, the technology arising now because uh, I believe that it's going to become one of the new go-to things. Once people are educated and getting used to it, self-check-in will be sort of mandatory. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting you say that. I mean, it, where we are, we, we started in our business in 2003. So we've been going 16 years now. And we've been self-checking from day one, you know, with, and now we have 200 properties and yeah, some of our owners might be there, but they, you know, it's, it's a different, different type of system for, for different yeah. places. But yeah. I also understand where you're coming from that, and going back on what you said about Airbnb, I remember having a, doing a podcast interview with Matt Landau back in in fact, that was probably 2013, where 2013, so that's five years on from you, yeah. <laughs> from you yeah. and Matt and I saying, yeah, this really isn't going to go anywhere. Fortunately, yeah. it's way, way back in the in the back catalogue, and I hope nobody ever listens to that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I, I'm really with you when, when you say, you know, you've got to open your mind, particularly yeah. now with the yeah. way that things are changing, because five years ago, you would not have given any time for somebody who said, well, you know, one day people are going to walk into a place yeah. and there's going to be a, a little white disc sitting on the side that's going to welcome them. Yeah. yeah. And now we have with Alexa and um, yeah. Google Home, that's exactly what's happening. So, And it's yeah. just happening so much faster now. So mm-hmm. what, what else, in, in terms of technology, what else are you, going, are you using in your property? You, now? Just, you just mentioned Alexa. And that's, that's the one, because in Italy, it was rolled out right after the summit. Uh-huh. So just last November, we got Alexa in Italy. So I said, okay, uh, here too, uh, this is going to be a tricky one. And there's going to be lots of people who won't be happy to deal with an Alexa or with the AI or stuff like that. But gee, this is going to be part of our future. So I would rather jumping now and learn from day one, then jump in five years time or 10 years time when Mm -hmm. it's gonna be mainstreamed and I'll just be left behind and will have so much to catch up to that I want and I'll give up. So I'm starting with Alexa now. And in fact, and we'll probably get to it later, I'm trying to get, I'm probably gonna get someone you know on stage at the event this year to talk about Alexa uh, what is feasible today, practical use mm-hmm. of Alexa, which hopefully goes beyond the usual timer, 10 minutes, Alexa, or <laughs> play this kind of music. Something more of a use that is cool for Alexa for travel, for, for us as guests traveling, for the owners, for the managers. How can we use that as a tool to provide a better service? And like you're saying earlier, just a moment ago with the self-check-in, just think that I live next door to the property where I used to self-check-in. So I say, are you crazy? <laughs> but think of the freedom yeah. it gives. 
to you as a guest who can arrive anytime you want, regardless of any delay. You don't have to call anyone. You don't have to, you know, warn everyone. And me, as the property owner or the property manager, who is free to do exactly the same thing, stay home or do whatever, and then you'll welcome them later. Yeah, it gives much more choice to the guests as to as yeah. to how they want to how they want to be welcomed. It reminds me my sister has an Airbnb in in the same town as I'm I'm in. And she has a basement, a beautiful basement apartment in her lakefront property. But there is no door between the two levels, so there's just an open staircase. But you know, she said she respects her guests' privacy fully. And they have self-check-in. They can go downstairs and into the apartment. Uh, she sees that they've arrived outside, but she's already connected with them and said, you know, when you get settled, just text me and let me know if you'd like me to pop down and, and give you a welcome. Otherwise, just let me know if there's anything you want. And she said some of her guests, she, she might see briefly in the garden if they're taking the canoe out. And she will often go outside and say goodbye to them when they're getting in their cars. She said, but she respects the fact that some do not want any connection at all with anybody, even though she could just call down the stairs and speak to them. Yeah, same as me. I, I, even though we just started in April, so it's just like four weeks, but we've already seen these different patterns with guests. Some would be very outgoing and talkative and would love to. And we actually had the Canadians, lovely Canadians there. And others were the other way around, completely opposite. Others left the house a wreck and others were really respectful and treated it as their, you know, their second home. So I, I totally agree with that. It's definitely something interesting to see as well when you live next door. Yes, it, it must be very, very different having spent all those years remotely managing properties. And then, I mean, that, that's going from sublime to the ridiculous, really, having one next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, do, uh, does it worry you at all? Do you, do you find yourself on edge at all when people arrive and you don't hear from them or you see them coming and going? Is, is there a, a feel? Not at all, because like you just said right now, privacy is of the utmost importance. So... I, I, we try to understand with my wife as well, do, what do they want? I mean, how do we respect their privacy if they want to be bothered, don't want to be bothered, whatever. And so I don't know. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care more than that. Yeah. And, and like you're saying, I am also doing communication prior to the arrival. And because I'm using the self-check-in, they get an app that they download on their mobile phone. Mm-hmm. So basically they open the door, the gate and everything with their mobile phone. So that makes it really easy. And I get a notification as well on my mobile when they get in. So I know when they're in, I know when they're out. I don't know that I know, but that's the way it works. And so that makes me sleep sweet dreams. And again, mm-hmm. you know, so far no raves or parties or whatever. <laughs> so what are you using for those notifications to let you know when they're coming in and out? It's the app. It's that the, well, it's an Italian software. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I probably, I don't have okay. to say it here because it would u- be useless to your listeners, but it's a, it's a technology that basically gives you a few set of notifications. Mm-hmm. It's one really cool thing that is still in beta, but I use it. 
is uh, the possibility to set the distance uh, when the guest arrives at your property and the door opens automatically. So let's just imagine you're driving to the hallway, Mm -hmm. you're getting there and like you're 10 feet or 20 feet away and you see that the the gate opens automatically and then the door door opens automatically and then this welcome home message waiting for you when you get in there. It's go like, whoa. Yeah. Literally, I tested it out with my neighbors. I I called him uh, when I finished uh, the whole thing. I called him up and said like, hey, Andrea, come over. See, this is what I'm doing now because he's got some vacation rentals as well. So I did that. I tapped on my mobile and the door opened and he was with his jaw dropping, say like, huh? Wait, wait, wait a minute. He called his wife and said like, hey, look at this. So it's that kind of wow effect that yeah. you wanted to your guests because it puts them in the right mood, I believe. Yeah, interesting you talk about wow effect because if we go back five or six years ago and what constituted a wow effect then is perhaps old hat these days and expected. So we have to constantly... Yeah be reinventing our wows, if you like. Yeah, and this goes back to the beginning of our conversation when we said, how cannot things stay the same? And I always have to uh, catch up with whatever, Mm -hmm. with the latest technology, the latest boundaries and limit and horizon. Because funnily enough, we are, as humans, strange beings, and we get used to things quite easily and fast and and faster and faster. So Mm -hmm. you're totally correct. Things that were, wow, now are taken for granted. Yeah. That sometimes makes me think of, okay, shouldn't we maybe just open a gelato place and just (laughs) get rid of all these things? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That whole concept of technology changing so rapidly uh, that if you don't keep up, it's so easy to get left behind. So, but I believe it's the next frontier where you're going to the divider between those that will perish and those that will keep thriving. Mm-hmm. To me, a good mixture of the human touch with execution uh, by technology is the recipe for success for the future. I love that. I'm going to put quote marks around that. <laughs> okay i'm gonna listen to it again yeah no i I have to listen to it again to hear it but yes yes i shall put quote marks around that one we will use that and i'll i'll make sure i send it to you (laughs) just in case you've already forgotten what you just said (laughs) so you mentioned using airbnb booking.com home away you've got your own website and i know it's early days yet but any indication of what's working best for you Oh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe not necessarily what's working best, but what I've seen in terms of change. And needless to say, okay, uh, my properties in Sardinia. So let's talk about something that's been online for like 13 years. Listing sites, so Airbnb, HomeAway, Booking.com, they're performing more or less the same. I used to have, if you remember, or the guys that listened before, they may know, that I, I have a pretty high percentage of direct bookings in the properties in Sardinia, which are the results of the work I've done throughout the years, and as high as 80% mm-hmm. bookings, meaning I don't really rely on listing sites for those properties, which puts me in a very favorable position, in a good position. However, this year, for example, I've seen a little increase in Airbnb 
bookings from me. Of that 20%, Booking.com and Airbnb have been the ones that have performed better. Home away, unfortunately, but this is probably nothing new to lots of people, is doing the same ending as holiday letting slip key. You know, sort of seems yeah. like destined to disappear, to vanish, which is a shame because it used to bring like 90% of bookings to lots of people and they've just gone. Mm-hmm. And so that's for the, 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 the properties in Sardinia. The property now next door to my house on the lake, that's a diff- totally different story because as I told you, I just started with listing on the site. So now I'm getting 90% of bookings through the listing sites and just 10% direct because I just started four weeks ago. And, the, you know, the 10% direct is where friends of friends and one, just this is, this is cool. One is the daughter of the former guy that lived there next door who lives in the UK. And one day she, I just get a WhatsApp message. Uh, Hi, I am Ariana, the daughter of Andrea. And uh, I just saw my house on Airbnb. So is that, you know, it's the the one where I grew up. (laughs) You know, I'd like to go back with my boyfriend and, uh, and his family from the UK and show them around. And so I wanted to know if I can rent it out. So she basically reached out through Airbnb directly to me and she booked direct. But that's, you know, that's sort of like an exceptional thing. And another one is other friends who saw it, I think, on Booking.com. And they've got, they come for a wedding. They've got friends who live nearby. They come from the UK or somewhere else. They got friends who live nearby. And so they asked to come and see the place and then book direct. So that those are like the, the, the two bookings that I got so far. But so this is uh, more or less the way I saw the things going. Booking is working very well. I've, what I've seen is that booking.com, at least here in these areas, have done an incredible job uh, over the last year, year and a half. Uh, in bringing more bookings to lots of people, followed by Airbnb going mm-hmm. a little down, but with you know with all these things happening in the industry, you never know. You never know. Yeah, and whatever happened to TripAdvisor? Who? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was thinking about that the other day. You know, I was going back through some archive material, and there was some a blog post I wrote back way, way back about FlipKey and TripAdvisor, and I it suddenly thought, you know. Does anybody still use TripAdvisor for advertising their vacation rental? I'm, I'm pretty sure they do because they, they still have vacation rentals up there. But when, when I was searching for properties in, in Como, and we're going to come on to that in a second, I never even thought at all about looking on TripAdvisor. So is, that, you, is that the same for you? Where did you look? Where did I look? I looked on Airbnb. I looked on VRBO. And my usual mode of operation is to look at those and then try and find whatever I like, then look for how I can get them direct. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, you know, I I did find, I did find a property on there. I I know the property manager is going to be at the summit. So I'm not going to say huge amount, um, except it was a little bit more expensive booking direct than it was through VRBO. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) But have you looked and the Vacation Rental World Summit website as well. I don't because think I, I don't think we, I did. Because we do have a link in the menu for oh. the accommodation as well. In fact, uh, I, I just partner with a few, with a two or three property managers there saying, hey, would you like to just give a discount or 
anything for properties there. And so I put together a page with two property managers, so altogether like 100 properties. And Never thought about going there. Oh, well, uh, we're, 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 all, we're all set up anyway. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the manager has been absolutely wonderful. So we're having, you know, backwards and forwards at the moment. And yeah, really, really looking forward Good. to it. So let's talk about it. You started, oh, when, when was the first online summit? What year was that? 20, six years ago, 2013. 2013. Wow. And then you did, you did that for two years. Yeah. And, yeah. And then mm. where? The first live in uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. Um, then Florence, then Como last year, and a repeat in Como this year. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I thought I'd been to more than one, but I know I, came, I, I was in Florence and that was fantastic. There was just a very distinct vibe there. Mm. That I, I mean, you know, we do the Vacation Rental Success Summit in, in, in North America. Very, very different, very different vibe. I just, certainly Florence was a massively wonderful experience all around. Yes. And I missed going to Como last year. But uh, for sure, I am all booked and ready to come to Como this year. And in fact, I was sitting in, uh, I, I went to the Northwest Vacation Rental Professionals Conference in Bend, Oregon, a couple of weeks ago and sitting around a table we had there was Derek Eaton, Debbie and Rob, Herter, okay. Tyan Marsink, Jessica yeah. Vosel and I hope it works out because we sat there and we made a pact that you know we we need to go and meet somewhere overseas so I I suggested Como Debbie's not sure they came last year and we're, we're all planning on going to Lisbon as well yeah. <laughs> next February March but I think that these are conversations that are going on all over the place. And people saying, you know, we, we need to get together. We need to come together as a vacation rental group. So let's go as a group. Yeah, probably uh, one of the things that made me happier uh, re in, with regards to the summit was when Tammy, Tammy Sims, told me in Paris at the VRMA that what made the VRWS, the Vacation Rail World Summit, different from the conferences she's seen was the homey feel, was the the feel the, the feeling hosted mm -hmm. by someone. And that 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 is something that has resonated and has always been in the back of my mind all the time. Uh, so because I care, mm -hmm. like I know everyone cares, uh, you know, in every event. But in my way, in my own way, with the VRWS, I care that all the attendees get the most memorable experience ever in many different facets, in many different ways. So the destination is important. The activities are important. The educational part is important. And the whole experience uh, in itself must be memorable, which puts a big burden on me and lots of responsibility. So far, so good. I hope it's going to stay the same because every year I try to change. Of course, this is another thing is you, you can't really repeat the same. So you always have to change things, try to make it better. Okay. So you were in Como last year. You're in Como again this year. So what are you, what, what's going to be different? Well, one thing that's going to be different is uh, uh, the, the format. And I listened to the feedback that I got from the attendees. Actually, last year, I wanted to do the Q&As. Uh, for some reason, it didn't work quite well as I wanted to. So there wasn't too much of a Q&A. 
and that was highlighted in the feedback by by the audience. So this year, I'm doing my best to tell presenters to confine presenters to a 30-minute presentation on stage and then 10-15 minutes of Q&A afterwards. And I'm going to use a tool to do that. So so I I, I just figured out a way to handle the Q&A in the most effective way possible by eliminating, if you can, those that tend to give monologues Mm -hmm. and, uh, and really favor questions that are requested by many people in yes. the room. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd go along with that because, you know, off, I, I've been in presentations where it's it's gone into a lengthy Q&A afterwards and it, it gives people the, the stage themselves that they've wanted for a long time and the question goes on for five minutes and everybody goes to sleep around them. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. I mean, I understand if someone wants to do that. I mean, I, I, I really understand that. Probably I've done the same thing myself a few times in life. But from the other side, if you're hosting an event and you need to take into account so many different things at the same time to ensure that the end result is absolutely outstanding, it's like a juggler mm-hmm. all the time. And so I tend to figure out and envision the scene months before the way I want it to be mm-hmm. and, and, you know, do all the little steps, all the baby steps that lead to that scene become reality. So this year, I'm, that's going to be hopefully a major differentiator from last year, this distinction that will enable good Q&A good interaction, good engagement for the audience uh, with a tool that's going to be available on everyone's mobile. So the people there will be able to just type in their question even during the presentation. You know, let's say, for example, in minute five of mm-hmm. the presentation of whoever, the person on stage says something that gives you an epiphany moment. But mm-hmm. you can't ask a question because, you know, he's delivering the presentation. So you may lose your train of thoughts. You may just go, okay, all right, whatever. Or you may not have a chance to ask a question at all at the end. With this tool, the aim is that you grab your phone, you type in the question, all the questions are collected. Then people can see the Mm. questions as well during the presentation. They can vote them. And with this vote system, the most voted one are presumably the ones Mm. that resonate with more people the most interesting questions so we start with those first excellent that's really cool (laughs) i love that so what else can if if somebody's sitting there at this very moment listening to this and thinking hmm como in early october what can i expect tell us a little bit about the area i mean do a travelogue a brief travelogue for us oh yeah i can tell you what happened last year uh you know everyone knows lake como because of George Clooney, because of, you know, whatever. The lake area in Lake Como is a beautiful, beautiful place. And indeed, there's people, and you know it, I remember you telling me when you used to spend uh, your holiday there years ago. And so it's worth going there regardless of Mm -hmm. the event. That's what I can say. And it's one of the main picks of the Vacation Rental World Summit. I normally try my best to pick up a destination you would go to regardless of the event, which which means, you know, especially if you're coming from the U.S., 
or from overseas, it's a long way there. It's expensive because you have to factor in the cost of the flights. And, uh, you know, it, I know it's an expense. So to make it even more worth it, you don't only go there for education. You maybe just go there with your wife, with your husband, with your children, with whoever, your partner, and spend a few extra days on, uh, on holiday, holiday there. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing that I can say. Last year, well, the, the venue is spectacular. I mean, Como itself is beautiful. It's right by the lake. And we found a venue that is actually one of the most beautiful theaters in Italy. And that's, it's in front of a beautiful square. So we threw in an icebreaker happy hour last year. And 250 people just showed up in this square. <laughs> and it was just, I mean, if you go to the summit page and you scroll down the homepage, you'll see a gallery of photos, a photo gallery uh, of that particular moment where everyone, it was just like family, mm-hmm. you know, getting back to old friends again, or people who were just gathering there for the first time, meeting new friends, making new friends. And it was so cool and awesome to see so many happy, smiley faces, open, friendly, talking to each other, getting to know each other for the first time, sharing things together. Uh, it was really, you know, the best way to start a conference the day before. The day you are in the theater, it's already like you're not alone and you know you're in good company. Well, I for one am coming for a complete week with my family and we will, we're, we're taking a holiday. We're my, my elder son who spent all his childhood summers in that area is so excited to show it to his daughter and, and his wife. So, so that's going to be a great part of it. So, you know, for, for anybody out there who's sitting on the fence about the expense, take a vacation and do what I'm doing. And I know I'm, I'm meeting people who are coming out from the U S who are doing exactly that. And we're all getting together and it's, it's just going to be so much fun. So I, for one, I'm looking forward to it very much, and I will make sure I put all the information on the summit and on the show notes. So if uh, if you're listening out there and you think this is something you'd like to do, you can go to the show notes and and go buy your ticket. Yeah, and you know the, there's great accommodation and lovely I'll restaurants. I'll give you two hints for you and for whoever is on the fence. When you come there, something that wasn't there the last time you were for sure. Uh, it's the Hilton Hotel. It was opened up last January, not not this past January, a year and a half ago. And it's got the most spectacular roof terrace with the best views over the lake mm-hmm. ever, with an infinity pool, a restaurant, a bar. You would literally just go sit there and just stare at the at the view for hours with like a cocktail or like a little aperitivo. Beautiful, beautiful. And it was it was really something I wanted to do to organize something last year. Then I wasn't able to do it. Hopefully I'll do it this year. But that's definitely if you're in the area, a visit to the Hilton. You don't have to stay there necessarily. Not at all. You just walk in and go to the rooftop and have a coffee Mm -hmm. or have lunch. And the second thing, which you may know, though, because it's been there forever, is the hilltop, uh, it's that lookout mm-hmm. point right above Como, 
where I organized the VIP dinner last last year with about 60, uh, all the presenters and another group of attendees uh, where you get like a 360 degree breathtaking view of the whole. It's, it's just like being in a cockpit of an aircraft and viewing everything, like all the lake area, just spectacular. Last year, we got there a little late, so the sun went down, it was dark already. If I will repeat something there, we'll make sure we get there earlier this year. That sounds wonderful. So, yeah, Antonio, I, I, you know, there's not, not a great deal more we can say. I, I would love to meet anybody, all of my listeners, who wants to, uh, to take that trip out to Como and look forward to having a get together then. Okay, we've we've just about reached the end of our time and as ever it's it's always a delight to talk to you. And and I will look forward to seeing you. I don't want to wish away my summer because summer actually hasn't got to Canada yet, but uh, but I really am a little wishing my time away to October. So I'll I'll look forward to uh, to to seeing you then, catching up a little bit more and of course catching up with everybody else who goes. I'll do too. It's going to be uh, quite some nice time over there, I'm sure. Yes, indeed. So thank I'm you. I'm always worried. I'm always worried, uh, but you know how things go. It's the same thing for you with the VRSS. You're always worried that it's not going to work out, and you're always, you know, on the fence. But in the end, you know, six years into that, and uh, so many thousand people happy, that says something that it's worth doing. So going to be nice you put on a great show and it sounds from what you said it's it's more than a conference it's a choreographed performance and i'm sure you will do absolutely wonderfully at it we'll see we'll see i'll <laughs> see you there and then uh, we'll do another another podcast afterwards <laughs> and say oh what a mess it was it was terrible <laughs> never again i i somewhat doubt that <laughs> okay thank you antonio right. thank you thank you heather have a good one Well, thanks so much, Antonio Bortolotti, for joining me. That was absolutely tremendous. I am so looking forward to catching up with Antonio and everybody else who's going to be in Como in October for the Vacation Rental World Summit. So let me know if you're going to be there and, uh, and we will make sure that we get together, get a coffee, get a gelato take a walk along the Como waterfront. I don't know. I'm, I'm just oh, so excited. So excited. So that's it for another week. It's, uh, it's been a particularly busy one. And uh, I'm going to have so much to tell you about my recent trip to the Bahamas to go pick up my grandkids. Um, I shall be doing that in a, in a later broadcast. So that's it for another week. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you. Don't forget to go to the show notes. Um, I don't often say this, but if you could go to iTunes and like us on iTunes, leave us a review, that would be absolutely fantastic. I'm also going to start, um, I'm going to create a survey uh, leading up to our relaunch of the podcast on episode 300. So, Look out for that. I really would love it if you could let me know what you like about the po podcast, what you don't like so much. You know, maybe it's the title music, which I'm actually going to change anyway. So, um, but I, but I still want to know what you think and how we can make it better for you. 
So that will be coming out. Um, I'll probably be posting it on several Facebook pages and asking you to go along and, and complete that survey. It will be really, really helpful to us. Okay, for now, as I say, it's been an absolute pleasure being with you and I'll be with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.